Just as uh, Matt comes on, on up, come on up, Matt. I just want to thank uh, Cindy and the team for leading us in that time of worship. Appreciate you guys very much. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Good, Donnie. Very good. Is that working? Yeah, they'll get that working for you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, trust them. Brendan's good back there. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's good. No. Am I doing something wrong up here? No, you got a green no, light. There we are. There we go. All right. He said he'd only let me talk when he thought it was appropriate. Yes, yes. Now, um, as you be aware, here at Quina Life, we're trying to do a few things differently in this service. So one of them is uh, interviewing people. So Matt, um, not being ready for this, I'm going to interview him. So off the spur awesome. of the cuff. You ready for that? I'm totally pumped. Totally pumped. Yep. You see, as I walk through life, I find that some people don't mind flying by the seat of their pants. Pants? Pants. Pants. Shall we dance? Sure. Live in Newcastle. Anyway, um, so other people... It is in Newcastle. I still live in Newcastle. Newcastle. All right. Anyway, <laughs> stay on track. Um, other people, to do spur-of-the-moment stuff, it, it is not much fun. And so I appreciate, Matt, that you let me do this. But what we would like to do is put a roster together so people are aware that, hey, next week I get to share my testimony or be interviewed so the rest of the people in the building get to know me. Or I can pray a prayer like Tony did today. Thank you, Tony. Or I could do a Bible reading. Yeah, a whole bunch of different things we want people doing throughout the service. I know many of you said, hey, just get me to do it whenever. Okay, that's spur of the moment. I'll throw you under the bus. No worries. But if you want to be on a roster, come and see us. We'd love to put you on a roster, and away we go. All right, ad finished. Matt, you ready? I'm ready. Ten questions? That's a lot. All right, see how we go. Matt, are you married? Yes. Do you have kids? Yes. How many? Three. What are their names? Joshua, Chloe, and Joshua. Did you hear that? All right, have a chat to him later. <laughs> so, Matt, um, you're a police chaplain? I am. What's your region? Uh, North Coast region. I cover the Sunshine Coast and Wide Bay districts within that region. Very good. So what does a police chaplain do? Lots. Lots. Of <laughs> um, our job is basically to be there to care and support for officers uh, and retired officers uh, and their families as well. So... Uh, any kind of care and support that they might want or need, we can be one of the people uh, who can help them out with that. Um, one of our pastors here at Kiwana Life um, got a, a fine um, for not paying for their fuel. Are you any good at helping them with that sort of stuff? <laughs> yeah, generally not. No. <laughs> no. All right. That wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> no. Anyway, OK, so, so Matt, before you were a police chaplain, what did you do? Uh, I was a school chaplain for a number of years, uh, right. worked a little bit uh, doing some church ministry, pastoring part-time as well. Yep. And where do you live? I uh, live in Deception Bay. All right. Queensland and New South Wales? Queensland. All right. So it gives you a bit of an idea, <laughs> gives you a bit of an idea who Matt is. Now, now, Matt, some of you may not be aware of this, Matt, as a police chaplain, uh, the police force gives Kiwana Life money, don't they, Alan? Yes. Yes. And, and then we get to keep that money. Until we pay Matt. Uh, so in that sense, Matt is on staff here at Kiwana Life, and uh, we release him 100%, um, except for when we get him back to preach or that sort of thing, um, to go and do what God calls him to do out in the police community. 
And so uh, Matt is a, a good guy. I get to catch up with him once a month where we have a chat and pray together, uh, keep each other, try to keep each other <laughs> on track with a whole bunch of things. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. So please, over coffee and, and chat later, come and have a, a chat with him and find out a bit more about what he gets up to. Okay, Matt, let me pray for you, and then I'll, I'll give you the pulpit. Father God, thank you for this awesome man. Thank you for his family. I thank you, Lord God, for the work that you've got him to do. It is so important to have people like Matt out in our community in this sphere. Lord, um, it was so good to be able to pray for the police force from this space, to lift up the police men and women who do just an absolutely amazing job under extreme circumstances. So I pray, Lord God, that uh, you would just uh, fill Matt anew with your Holy Spirit and that he would just share your heart for us and uh, just share his story in your name. Amen. All yours, mate. Thanks, Donnie. That was pretty painless. Uh, as a chaplain, you do get... Oh, as a chaplain, you get pretty used to doing things spur of the moment and off the cuff because that tends to be not always the life of a chaplain but often the life of a chaplain. You never know. Uh, when you get up in the morning and, and go to work with what's loosely a plan in your head, whether that's actually going to be what you end up doing uh, until the end of the day. Um, I want to start this morning with a little bit of an update for you guys. Have we got our PowerPoint coming up? Um, that, by the way, is the beautiful thing called a stole, that when I do stuff that's really official, I'm, I'm supposed to wear. Um, so all, all police chaplains wear that. Um, some police chaplains um, who are full-time um, now have a uniform as well, but all police chaplains will wear that when they're doing um, the kind of more formal, important ceremonial stuff. Uh, next slide, please. Quite a few of you will have seen uh, on the Facebook page when I asked you to pray for Senior Constable Mark, Mark Barclay. Um, anything that's up here and anything I tell you, by the way, is in the public space. I'm not divulging anything um, that I shouldn't. Mark was on, uh, in Tasmania on a holiday uh, with his wife and two kids, you can see there. Um, they stayed at a lower part of a waterfall. He went up further to have a bit of a look. Um, the rocks gave way and he fell and rocks fell on top of him. He had some pretty significant injuries to his legs, to his arms uh, and to his, his uh, skull and his brain as well. Um, so you can see a few different images um, there. The image uh, of him in the walker walking, that was a pretty huge moment. Um, and the picture on the right here, um, that's a picture of him going home a few weeks ago. Uh, so Mark's now home. Um, he's going to um, school a number of times a week to the, I forget what it's called, but like, you know, the brain and body rehabilitation place. And um, I've seen pictures of him. He can actually kind of walk along and pass a rugby ball now, which considering he couldn't walk just a couple of months ago and they didn't think he might survive, uh, is pretty good. Um, you guys prayed. I put it out there for you to pray and asked you to pray, and you guys prayed. Um, and I'm not going to say that prayer is totally the only reason that Mark's okay and is alive and um, he's back at home with his family and can be a dad to his kids, but I think it's one of the reasons that he is. So uh, I wanted to update you on that. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I'd already had this all prepared and that before Friday, and on Friday he actually put out through our own police communications, he actually put his first message in a few, um, in a few months to say thank you to everybody uh, who's been with me, who's supported me, um, who's sent messages of care and support and, you know, and, um, and who's just been there. He, he recognises how lucky he is. Um, so thank you for being a part of that and thank you for praying for Mark um, 
really, really important. He's got a bit of a struggle ahead. His family's got a bit of a struggle ahead, but um, he's up and walking and doing okay. Um, and at some stage, he couldn't walk, he couldn't speak, um, and they weren't sure what his future was going to be. So um, thank you for your prayers um, for Mark. Uh, some other updates, if we can just roll through. And I haven't got this written down, so I've got to look. All right, there's two of the best-looking cats on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so that's at National Police Remembrance Day. Um, Donnie usually emcees that uh, for me and comes along to that. Uh, so uh, that happens on the 29th of September every year, and that's kind of like Police Anzac Day, where we, uh, we get to honour and remember those police, uh, not just in Queensland, but uh, all over Australia and, in fact, um, in the Asia Pacific, who have um, who've lost their lives uh, as a as a member of the police. Um, some in their duty, some who have just not coped well with life and um, have, you know, have died through all kinds of means, sickness, illness, whatever. So um, it's a pretty important day. We go to the next slide. Um, so on the right, uh, on your left, is a picture of me um, placing a hat at Police Remembrance Day. It's pretty ceremonial, pretty special. Um, on the left there is me with a bunch of guys. Uh, some of them are locals, some of them are not. Um, but that was um, just after a blessing that I did with what's called a wall-to-wall -wall ride. Um, so um, there's a bunch of uh, police who ride motorbikes. Crazy, I know, but, um, you know, they're really into it. And what they do is uh, police all over Australia, um, in, each, in each state there's a major memorial wall honouring officers who have died in the line of duty, um, and they have a roll of paper that gets put in a special old-school police baton, and it gets carried by the motorcyclists from all around Australia into um, the National Memorial Wall for Police at Canberra. It's called the Wall-to-Wall -wall Ride. Um, I was honoured to be asked to, um, to bless um, all the riders who set off um, on the Wall-to-Wall on the -wall Ride this year, uh, and that was after um, Senior Constable Dave Masters was killed down on the highway um, in Deception Bay Last year, um, I was pretty involved with that, did the funeral for that, um, had to go and give notification to his wife that he passed away. Uh, it was pretty significant for me to do that and significant for me to be asked to do that. So that's just one of those things that we kind of get to do. Um, I know that sounds sad, but that was a pretty good happy time as those guys were about to, um, to head off for a ride. Next slide. Um, I've been doing this uh, in a couple of days. It'll be six years, but sometimes police are slow to recognise the good work that you do. Uh, they're very quick to recognise the bad work that you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but slow, uh, but the, you know, the good work takes a bit longer. That's when I got my five-year um, thing of service, um, and that guy is um, Superintendent Craig Hawkins. He's the boss of Sunshine Coast, basically. Um, so I got my award for that. Uh, this was through the week. Uh, that was the dedication for the grave of an officer who died while mustering horses in 1926, back when police had horses, and that was the primary way that they got around. Um, his granddaughters and great-great-grandson were there um, and the Friends of Police Museum have got a bit of money that they're going around to find uh, the graves of all officers who have been killed in the line of duty to make sure that we know where they all are uh, and that someone's actually looking after those spaces and, and their families know where they are. Um, so this had been refurbished, there's been a special plaque put on uh, and I was asked to go um, and give a blessing and help with a dedication and memorial service of that. Um, and that's pretty much me in, in full guise with the uniform and the stole and all that kind of stuff as well, to give you an idea that I'm not always quite as casual and comfortable. But I'm talking about comfort today, so I thought I'd wear something comfortable as well. Uh, thank you. 
I'm not sure there's anything else after that. Ah, yeah, I love the dog squad. It's my attempt to get into it. Um, oh, yeah, I was barking up the wrong tree. Police chaplains, he's totally gone to the dogs. There's a lot of jokes that I could put out there. But um, yeah, that was just a fun little thing that happened in office one day. I walked in and I, um, you know, um, they've got this mascot. And I saw that and I said, can I put the mascot head in, head on? And the lady kind of looked at me. She went, you don't know how many people walk in here and actually ask if they can do that. Like, <laughs> um, so that's a little bit of fun. Sometimes we get to do some good stuff at, uh, and have a bit of fun um, as well. I forget the name of that mascot, but um, if you ever go to police expos or whatever, there'll be some kind of... There's a koala, there's the dog, um, there's an owl, there's something else. You'll see them getting around. Go and say day to them because it's usually an officer that's pretty hot and sweaty inside it. <laughs> doing his bit for the community. Um, right, next slide, I think. Just goes back to where I'm going to start from. All right. Um, hopefully that gives you a little bit of a snapshot and idea of what an untypical, typical day, week, month can, can be for me. Um, the start of the year, I was, um, I was travelling actually back down from Gympie um, down to home, travelling in the car, listening to a, um, listening to a podcast, as I often do. Um, can't remember which podcast it was, I can't remember who was speaking, uh, but it was either an Australian or a British Christian podcast. That's like the best that I can do for now without going back through a few hours of stuff and listening. Um, and this guy was talking about ministry and the way things happen, and he said something like, God comes alongside us and comforts us in tough times of life so that we can come alongside and comfort others during their tough times. And that really hit me. It made me sit up and take notice. And I kind of, you know, did the rewind on the screen and not on my phone, on the screen of the, the car and, and listen again. Um, and I thought, well, that describes a big chunk of what I do uh, in my police chaplaincy ministry. Describes my life a bit. Um, and I got home and I went looking, you know, for the particular verse that it was. The guide referenced it pretty loosely, but I was, uh, I was able to... to to find it, the way he'd spoke about it, and when I read it, uh, and certainly in preparing for this, it's, it's kind of highlighted a few things and really brought it for life for me. Because I think that comfort um, is a lot of what I do in chaplaincy, uh, and I'd argue it's a lot of what we just do being an active follower of God as well. So it's just as appropriate for you guys to, to get a hold of that as me. Um, I think that what we do as Christians has a lot to do with us coming alongside other people in their time of need and providing support and comfort. Um, that little chunk of the Bible that uh, is found in, in, uh, in a letter that Paul writes to the Jesus followers in the city of Corinth. Thank guys, thanks, guys, for the next slide. Um, it's the second letter that we've got. Um, you can see it up there, but I'll read it out. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we abundantly share in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Some really important things that I want us to kind of grab a hold of in these sentences. And the first word is the word, the first thing is the word comfort itself. Paul didn't write this in English, he wrote it in ancient Greek. I am not an ancient Greek scholar. I rely on reading what people that really know what they're doing are saying in there. Um, 
But the word translated into English as com- in comfort is the Greek word, and I'll probably pronounce this wrong, paraklesos. Paraklesos. It itself is made up of two words. Para, which means alongside or beside, and klesos, meaning called. And it has this idea of being called alongside to support or stand alongside someone. So the word translated as comfort literally means being called alongside to support. Comfort means, at the very root of the the meaning of the word, being called alongside to support. The word paraklesos, paraklesos, however you say it, may sound a bit familiar to you. Uh, In John 14, 16, John 14, 26, John 15, 26, and John 16, 17, and a few other places as well. In these verses, Jesus says that God the Father and he, God the Son, will send God the Spirit, the Comforter, Greek word paraclete. Paraklesos, paraclete. Same word family. In these verses, Jesus fleshes out the idea the Spirit will come to comfort, to support, to encourage, to stand alongside us. More than that, to actually take up residence within us at the very core of our being. We are comforted by God, the comforter. And not just in some kind of emotional, wishy-washy, kind of there-there sort of way, but by God making himself part of the very essence of our being. And I reckon that's a pretty cool way for God to paraklesos us with the paraclete. It's pretty cool. You know Greek, apparently, it all makes sense and it's beautiful, but... I don't know Greek, I just know English and how to say a few words. So, um, We see this idea of comforting us reflected in what Paul writes to the Corinthians. If we can go to the next slide. Oh, I should have got you to do that before. Comfort. It's in there everywhere. Um, in this passage and a little bit around it actually, it's like where the word appears. Mostly it's just in this little passage. A few other bits in the Bible, but pretty much this is kind of really where it hits home. So next slide. Sorry, guys. God is the father of compassion, which is just deep feeling about someone's difficulty or misfortune, caring for them. God is the source of compassion and the source of compassion that drives us to help others when we need it. In verse 4 it says God comforts us and it mentions the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. And as I've said, God comforts us by his spirit making his home within us. He lives in us. He's always with us. He's always alongside us and always supports us. God's comfort is living. It's active. It's constantly with us. It's constantly available to us. It's not just based on what God does. It's based on who God is, part of his very nature. He is the compassionate comforter. It's like a part of his DNA. He can't help but be a compassionate comforter to us. Verse 5 says that our comfort abounds in Christ. Not only does God comfort us, his comfort abounds. And again, that Greek word abounds uh, means his comfort is lavish. It overflows. It goes far beyond the ordinary or what's necessary. You might say that it goes above and beyond. I suggest that it's a hint, that's a hint that our comfort to others should also maybe be abundant, lavish and go above and beyond not just doing the the minimum 
or the they're there, she'll be right type thing that we sometimes do, but genuine, practical, hopeful and healing comfort and support is what I believe we're called to give and what Paul's talking about in this passage. So what, is Paul, so what does all this that Paul says tell us about comfort? Comfort doesn't come from what we muster from our own human or emotional resources. It comes from God's commitment to go above and beyond to sustain and save, no matter what. God is the source of our comfort. He pours it into us so that we've got more than enough to be able to share it around and comfort other people. Comfort is something God calls himself to do for us because the Father and the Son call the Spirit to be with us. And by its very nature, comforting others is a divine calling to us as God's people to come alongside others and help comfort them. Another important aspect to highlight in this passage is when we should comfort people. Of course, yeah, all the time we should be comforting to people. Um, But in my chaplaincy experience, in life experience, and the general vibe, if I can use that word, uh, the vibe of the passage is when there is trouble or suffering. Can we go to the next slide? That should come up. There we go. Beautiful. I feel like I'm doing a lot of Greek today for someone that doesn't know anything about Greek and very little about English. Um, But it's got a rich meaning, the word that Paul uses here, of causing someone to feel confined, restricted, without options, feeling like there's nowhere to go, no way of escape, nowhere to turn. And if you talk to someone in real trouble, they're often the types of phrases that they'll talk about and the types of things that they'll say. It conveys a sense of a person experiencing helplessness and hopelessness. Suffering refers to the stuff we experience because of misfortune or disaster or trauma or evil or health issues. It's kind of a way of Paul saying in this passage, anything that comes your way to cause discomfort, suffering, pain. It's made clear in verse 4 that this is for all or any trouble, whenever and wherever people need a hand, not just when it's really bad. Basically, when we face the difficult things in life, is what it's saying. And I don't know about you, but for me in my life, as I look around my neighbourhood, as I look around my community, as I look at the Sunshine Coast, uh, the area that I cover and the people that I work with, when I hear the, the, the local and the state and the national and the international news, trouble and suffering seems to be everywhere nearly all of the time. There's no surprise, that's no surprise, because the Bible tells us that we're to expect that there's going to be trouble and suffering in our world. But it also tells us there's a lot of work to do, which is what I want to highlight next. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so Paul's saying that God comforts us when we face the difficult things in life. And this isn't just so that we can be comforted and we can kind of feel all warm and fuzzy and cuddle up to Jesus and isn't God great? He's comforted me in my times of trouble. but so that. God just doesn't comfort us for our own good. He comforts us so that when others face difficult things in life, we can comfort them. Not from our own resources, but from the resources that God places in us. 
We're not just comforted for our own good, but for the good of others as well. God's comfort of us is intended to empower and equip us so that we can better minister to other people going through trials and hardships. God's comfort isn't an end in itself, but has a purpose. And that's to fulfil God's calling on us to be compassion, compassionate and help others when they need it most. Remember that comfort means being called alongside to support. The author of comfort sends the comforter to comfort us so that we can also comfort others. Something some people say about this passage that isn't obvious and isn't highlighted is how we are to comfort, what we're actually supposed to do. I'm not going to give you a bunch of ideas about that. Um, But the one thing I will say is that if we're unsure of what to do, go back to the root meaning of the word comfort. Called to be alongside. Called to be alongside. Remember, God's principal way of comforting us is with his continual presence within us as the spirit, the paraclete, the comforter. Again and again, experience has reminded me of the power of the ministry of presence, of simply being there. Uh, In Job 2, verses 11 to 13, that's not on the screen, so don't don't go looking for that, Um, we read quite a beautiful and touching example of the ministry of the power the power of the ministry of presence. It says, When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Narmathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathise with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognise him, and they began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. They sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Their primary ministry, the first thing they did, was simply to sit with and be with Job in his suffering. Sometimes a lot's required to bring comfort, but sometimes doing nothing and just being beside someone, as we're called to be alongside is enough. It works for God comforting us because he's beside us all the time, he's within us. And I'd suggest it's God's way of doing things is not a half-decent, is a half-decent example for us to follow with someone. If you're not sure of what to do, just be with someone. That's a good start. Um, if we can go to the next slide. don't think anything's going to come up. It's just that. Beautiful. Um, I've got heaps and heaps and heaps of examples of, 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 of comfort. I'm going to go through a few, but I'm not going to take a lot of time. Um, examples of God comforting me so that I can comfort others in my ministry as a police chaplain. Uh, I was widowed from my first wife in May 2006, and since starting as a police chaplain in May 2016, I've been able to help numerous current and former officers, um, or their wives or their partners or whoever, when they've lost a partner too. So a couple of examples of that. Just a couple of weeks into police chaplaincy, a young officer's wife passed away after succumbing to cancer. Because of my experience of losing a life partner, I was able to come alongside him and I was able to help him. Especially in the first year of him adjusting to to life and processing that grief and loss that he's experienced. 
Leading up to my first National Police Remembrance Day, I came into contact with a family of an officer who'd suicided only months before. Again, I was able to come alongside. I was able to provide some care and support as someone who'd experienced the loss of a partner, albeit in very different circumstances. And I continue to provide care and support to that family from that unique perspective. And they'll often say, I can talk to you because you understand. Just as God has comforted me, I'm able to comfort them. In 2017, an officer that I uh, shared an office with for a few months uh, had his wife die very suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, she fell ill and died because of an untreatable blood poisoning uh, within the space of a week. Um, his wife was born about the same year as my first wife uh, and they were hospitalised for about the same amount of time between initially becoming unwell uh, and passing away. So we, we kind of shared that whole journey together. He had two young children, a single parent, uh, and when I was widowed, I had uh, Josh, who was two, to, to look after as well. Uh, I can say I was a fairly constant source of support and encouragement and comfort for that officer as he struggled with grief and loss and parenting two young children. He still finds comfort and support in our regular catch-ups. In 2018, I helped support and comfort another young officer when his wife, also an officer, passed away after a long battle with cancer. Again, because of my life experience, he found great hope and comfort and support that I provided at the time and am still unable to provide. Uh, and when the officer Dave Masters uh, was struck and by a car and killed in June last year, two of the many people that I continue to support are his, his wife and his son. Uh, as a result of... Uh, again, having experienced the loss of a partner, I've got this unique source of comfort and understanding that as they process what they're going through. When I was widowed, God came alongside and comforted me and others answered the call to come alongside me and comfort me and provide support. As a result of my experience of comfort in trouble, I've been able to comfort others. Can we go to the next slide? It's verse 4 in action. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. You have a purpose. Your purpose is to bring hope and help and healing into a world full of trouble. I encourage you not to ignore that purpose and call on your life, but to press into it and answer that call of God on your life. It's not easy, but God is right beside you, right within you, every step of the way, giving you more than you need for whatever person or situation he's called you into to provide comfort. As the guy on the podcast I was listening to that day brought God's words life for me said, God comes alongside and comforts us in tough times of life so we can come alongside and comfort others during tough times. As Paul says, I think it's a good place to end. Praise to the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God.